0: Welcome to HBTV. I'm Harry Benzwanger, the HB in TV. Today's subject is Ayn Rand's demolition of altruism. I think I used the weaker word refutation in the title that went up, but thinking about it, she doesn't just refute altruism. She wipes it out. She burns it into ashes and stomps the ashes into a pit and seals the pit with an acid covering. Altruism cannot in any way survive the kind of ammunition that she raised against it. And today we're going to look at that in steps. We're going to take apart her impassioned uh refutation demolition of altruism which reads like uh horror poetry uh it could have been written by Edgar Allan Poe it's beautiful but the subject is so macabre that it's um it it's hard to call it poetry it's very effective prose but it's so effective that it flows in and i think it's important to break it down and see the steps and understand each move that she makes. So the first thing to do is to discuss what is altruism. It's a moral theory. It's the moral theory that almost all of Western people, Western culture, accept. It's the moral theory that reached its climax in the advent of Christianity, the Greeks, as pagans, were not altruists at all. Even Plato, even Plato, who was a collectivist, statist, advocate of totalitarian tyranny, did not try to appeal to a duty to your fellow man. He appealed to The opposite of altruism, egoism, saying that the kind of morality that he was pushing was important to have a well-balanced, well-ordered soul. But since Jesus, it's been altruism, altruism, altruism as the only conception of morality in the West. What is it? Altruism's conception of morality is that the good is to benefit others. Even at your expense, the ultimate expression is self-sacrifice. The term altruism is Latin derived from alter, which means other. So it's otherism. And its originator, its coiner, not originator of the theory, but the the man who described the Christian code as altruism in its secular application was Auguste Comte, C-O-M-T-E, in the late 19th century in France. And he summarized it very clearly. Live for others. That's what altruism is, live for others. Others are the justification of your existence. Now, let me read you from what Ayn Rand says. Since we're concerned with her expose of altruism. What is the moral code of altruism? The basic principle of altruism is that man has no right to exist for his own sake, that's service to others is the only justification of his existence, and that self-sacrifice is his highest moral duty, virtue, and value. Now this, you may say, well, in that stark terms, I I don't know who holds that. Everybody holds that. Do you think there's anybody outside of Ayn Rand fans who wouldn't say more? Uh, Mother Teresa is morally admirable, but J.P. Morgan, the original financier, or uh, Steve Jobs—well, you know he was practical. He's a genius, maybe. Uh, Has a lot of, but he's—that's not moral. Morals, what Mother Teresa did. Everybody believes that but it gets worse, worse. The opposite of altruism is egoism, which holds that the good is to serve your own self-interest. The good is to live your life for your own sake, that your life is an end in itself for you. So how does altruism, how do people, which means altruists, understand this opposition? How did they phrase it? How do you think about it? Well, altruism, that's just being nice to people. And egoism, well, that means Bernie Madoff and Al Capone and Stalin and Hitler, that's just running rampant over other people, trampling them in in your brute rush for your own selfish interest. It's a little bit slanted, don't you think? Ayn Rand shows that the opposite is true, that altruism does not mean kindness, benevolence, goodwill. As she says, uh, do not confuse altruism with kindness, goodwill or respect for the rights of others. These are not primaries, but consequences, which in fact, altruism makes impossible. The irreducible primary of altruism, the basic absolute is self sacrifice, which means self immolation, self abnegation, self denial, self destruction, which means the self as a standard of evil, the selfless as the standard of the good. Then I can't resist adding this one great addition to that. Do not hide behind such superficialities as whether you should or should not give a dime to a beggar. That is not the issue. The issue is whether you do or do not have the right to exist without giving him that dime. The issue is whether you must keep buying your life dime by dime from any beggar might choose to approach you the issue is whether the need of others is the first mortgage on your life and the moral purpose of your existence the issue is whether man is to be regarded as a sacrificial animal any man of self-esteem will answer no altruism says yes that's from one of my favorite talks of hers that she gave Shortly after publishing Atlas Shrugged in 1960 at Yale, it's entitled Faith and Force, the Destroyers of the Modern World. The title alone is worth the price of admission. So how do we defend the claim that, oh, altruism isn't about being nice to people and egoism isn't about sacrificing others to yourself, but is living as an independent, self-supporting, self-respecting, rights respecting individual? How do you how do you justify using it that way when it's ultra-squirm to not make it defined that way? Well what is the purpose of your concept? What is the purpose of a concept that puts together Oh, uh, Steve Jobs and the people I mentioned earlier, uh, JP Morgan, uh, Elon Musk and Al Capone and Stalin. What's the purpose of putting together a life bringer, a creative individual who enriches us and makes us enjoy existence with a killer who's out to destroy everything? There can't be any justification for defining it that way. So the logical alternative is either you live to benefit yourself. You live for your own life or you don't. If you don't altruism is just the most popular way of saying don't live for yourself, live for others. But there are other forms of it that are not strictly altruism, such as environmentalism. Don't live for yourself. Live to save the planet. To save it from what? Well, from human changes to it. It might make it hotter or colder. Oh, that would be terrible if it got a little warmer or a little colder. Now, sometimes they claim that their real goal is We don't want man's life to be impossible because the planet is destroyed. But that's not really what they think. They think that nature has intrinsic value, and we better not mess with it. Man is evil. Nature, unspoiled, unhuman touch nature, is infinitely valuable. Why? Well, that gets into the next question, but... I'm getting ahead of myself. There is no why. So the answer to the question is, well, how do you defend your definition of egoism and altruism is it makes a logical bifurcation at the place that it makes sense to do so. You're acting, you're doing things. There's only two alternatives. You're striving to benefit yourself or you're not. Altruism, as they say, is the most popular form of not benefiting yourself. And now I push the wrong button on my watch. And I'm going to have to interrupt if I can turn off my watch, which I can't. Uh, you need to hang up. The perils of the modern age. Sorry, is something not working? No, my watch phone rang on my Apple watch and I pushed the wrong button as I always do and answered it instead of hanging it up. So now (laughs) I've taken it off. Uh, So everything is fine except for the caller. Um, So Ayn Rand's definition is based on the fact that you have to Divide the chicken at the joints. You have to cut the chicken at the joints. If you make up your concepts in a way that obscures fundamental differences and uh, lumps together things that are fundamentally different, separates things that are fundamentally the same, you can't function. So it's got an epistemological basis, and it's not just a matter of convention. Definitions have to be formed in terms of fundamental differences and similarities if knowledge is your goal. Now, Ayn Rand doesn't just disagree with altruism, as you gathered. She regards it as evil. This is a moral theory for the immoral, she says. And she gives several passages explaining what this really means, this live for others. First, I'm gonna quote a political implication. She says, the social system based on and consonant with the altruist morality, with the code of self-sacrifice is socialism in any or all of its variants, fascism, Nazism, communism. All of them treat man as a sacrificial animal to be immolated for the benefit of the group, the tribe, the society, the state. Soviet Russia is the ultimate result, result, the final product, the full consistent embodiment of the altruist morality in practice. It represents the only way that that morality can ever be practiced. Gulag, death camps, death labor camps, the squashing of the individual, the extermination of the individual as far as is possible. That is what the meaning is of a morality that says anything that proceeds from you, from your life, from your desires, from your interests, from your loves is bad. You should be Going like Mother Teresa after serving the needs of others, benefiting them. And I wanted to quote my mother on this before I returned to the evil. She used to say to me, You weren't put on this earth just to serve yourself. At other times, you, 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 that's all you think about, you. And uh, she was right, and I thought that that was perfectly fine. I didn't. Uh, I thought everyone should think of them, them, them. But the wrong conception of egoism is a blackwash, just like the kindness but benevolence view of altruism is a whitewash. The egoist is not the man who tramples over others. He's not the man who doesn't think of others. He's the man who values others if they deserve it. An egoist has loves. There are people he loves, hopefully a spouse, for one. And the idea that that to be selfish and concerned with your happiness and your well-being and your interests means you should be a hermit uh, or a uh, misanthrope and hate everybody is ridiculous. Let's just look at a small-scale analog of how an egoist looks at other people. Do you have a pet? I have three cats. And earlier in my life, I had a beloved poodle. I grew up with dogs. I love both dogs and cats. They're an immense source of pleasure. Now, am I being selfless? Am I saying, oh, well, personally, I wish all those cats would die and I wouldn't have to feed them anymore, but I got to be selfless. I got to serve something bigger than myself. And that's my cats. No, I mean, everybody understands if you have a pet or a child or a loved one, you want to see that entity flourish and be happy. It brings you pleasure. It's selfish. So, an egoist values other people to the extent that he sees reflected in him the values that he holds dear with an animal. It's just the value of being a living being struggling to survive and interacting with you. <clears throat> so it's not hard to understand that it's selfish to have friends and a loved one, and to care for your children, if you choose to have them. That's not selfless. That's selfish. Ayn Rand summarizes, I gave you the political side of it. Let me, let me give you the metaphysical side. Since nature of, of why altruism is evil, not just false, Since nature does not provide man with an automatic form of survival. Now take that in. You know, plants photosynthesize. Cats go out automatically. If you let them automatically chase rodents and eat them. But nature does not provide man with an automatic form of survival. Since he has to support his life by his own effort, the doctrine that concern with one's own interests is evil means that man's desire to live is evil, that man's life as such is evil. No doctrine could be more evil than that, yet that is the meaning of altruism. Now, in that's her view of the evil of it, let's look at the view her her analysis of why it's against the truth, why it's against reality. And the first one is it's made up, it's arbitrary. It doesn't it has no proof. Quote, now there is one word, a single word, which can blast the morality of altruism out of existence and which it cannot withstand the word, why? Why must man live for the sake of others? Why must he be a sacrificial animal? Why is that the good? There is no earthly reason for it, and ladies and gentlemen, in the whole history of philosophy, no earthly reason was ever given, has ever been given. It is only mysticism that can permit moralists to get away with it. It was mysticism, the unearthly, the supernatural, the irrational that has always been called upon to justify it or to be exact, to escape the necessity of justification. What most moralists and few of their victims realize is that reason and altruism are incompatible. Pushing further that there's no reason for it. There's this, my favorite, well, that's so many favorites. One of my favorite passages in Galt's speech in Atlas Shrugged, it's the cake passage. Why is it moral to serve the happiness of others, but not your own? If enjoyment is a value, why is it moral when experienced by others, but immoral when experienced by you? If the sensation of eating a cake is a value, why is it an immoral indulgence in your stomach, but a moral goal for you to achieve in the stomach of others? Why is it immoral for you to desire, but moral for others to do so? Why is it immoral to produce a value and keep it, but moral to give it away? So it makes no sense. And the next point she makes, so we have the, it's arbitrary assertion, which is to be dismissed without discussion. There's no reason offered. For egoism, she gives a proof, but there's none ever given for altruism. Be like the lilies of the field, neither do they sow nor do they reap. The meek shall inherit the earth. The last shall be... Those aren't reasons. That's assertion. The next part of her analysis shows that it's contradictory. If it is not moral for you to keep a value, why is it moral for others to accept it? If you are selfless and virtuous when you, uh, sorry, selfless and virtuous when you give it, are they not selfish and vicious when they take it? Does virtue consist of serving vice? Is the moral purpose of those who are good self-immolation for the sake of those who are evil? You know they're saying, it's more blessed to give than to receive? You can't give unless somebody receives. So your blessedness makes them, if they take it, the price of your being blessed is that they have to be less blessed. But it gets worse because they they have an answer. The answer you evade, the monstrous answer is no. The takers are not evil provided they did not earn the value you give them it is not immoral for them to accept it provided they are unable to produce it unable to deserve it unable to give you any value in return it is not immoral for them to enjoy it provided they do not obtain it by right Such is the secret core of your creed, the altruist creed, the other half of your double standard. This is the accusation of a double standard. It is immoral to live by your own effort, but moral to live by the effort of others. It is immoral to consume your own product, but moral to consume the products of others. It is immoral to earn, but moral to mooch. It is the parasites who are the moral justification for the existence of the producers. But the existence of the parasites is an end in itself. Today, they're called the least, uh, the most vulnerable among us. It is evil to profit by achievement. Billionaires, they have to pay. It is evil to profit by achievement but good to profit by sacrifice somebody else's sacrifice to you. It is evil to create your own happiness but good to enjoy it at the price of the blood of others. Your code divides mankind into two castes and commands them to live by opposite rules. Those who may desire anything and those who may desire nothing, the chosen and the damned the riders and the carriers, the eaters and the eaten. But wait, it gets worse. Now we get to the climax. What standard determines your caste? What passkey admits you to the moral elite? The passkey is lack of value. Whatever the value involved, it is your lack of it that gives you a claim upon those who don't lack it. It is your need that gives you a claim to rewards. Remember Marx? From each according to his ability, to each according to his need. And what is the meaning of that? I'm quoting the finale here the climax of the climax. A morality that holds need as a claim, holds emptiness, non-existence as its standard of value. It rewards an absence, a defect, weakness, inability, incompetence, suffering, disease, disaster, the lack, the fault, the flaw, the zero. Altruism holds death as its ultimate goal and standard of value. That is the ultimate damnation. That's why at the beginning says she doesn't just refute it. She throws it in the acid, its ashes into the acid covered pit. You have a choice between the morality of life which is a morality of achievement of accomplishment of happiness as its reward, or the morality of death, the morality of surrendering your values of attempting to find the needy to devote your efforts to like mother Teresa did and giving up anything that you value because it's wrong because it's selfish. You value it. Galt, In Atlas Shrugged concludes, you have been using fear as your weapon and at bringing death to man as his punishment for rejecting your morality. We offer him life as his reward for accepting ours. That's the meaning of altruism and the meaning of egoism. The morality of death, sacrifice, giving up, Renouncing, acting without gain, acting to harm yourself versus the morality of value achievement, of accomplishment, of making yourself into your moral ideal and taking pride in that, the morality of self-esteem. You know, I'm just reminded that when Ayn Rand was on the Phil Donahue show in about 1981, he asked her, What's wrong with altruism? And she said. Let's put it another way. What's wrong with suicide? That's the issue. Is your life of value to you? Are you going to live it? Or are you going to destroy it, sacrifice it, renounce it? And there's no more fundamental or or important question in the world today. All the terrible things that are going on that I think most people, even their advocates regard as terrible are due to the idea that living for yourself is bad. Living to achieve your own goals is bad. But just think. You didn't exist for trillions, potentially infinite amount of time. There was no you. In a few years, you won't exist again. You have a brief span of your life in an eternity before and an eternity afterwards. Are you going to throw that away? That concludes the demolition of altruism and next week we're going to take up questions and answers that have been uh, accumulating or some really good questions and um i hope to see you next week at the time in the u.s being five o'clock the time in the uk being nine o'clock and you check your local time zone for what it is for you because it's a mismatch of the daylight savings time in the two countries now. Thank you. Hope to see you next week.